So we're here today, we're gonna to talk about high reliability operations and human performance or human and organizational performance. And um, Dave and I brought uh, uh, Derek and Christopher. Uh, I'm gonna actually, uh, before we get rolling too far, I'm gonna ask you please, um, starting with Christopher, since he's very much a guest, he's uh, uh, flown all the way from Vegas to visit Derek <laughs> and then have uh, them together on our podcast. So it's really cool. And uh, I would like, Christopher, could you please introduce yourself and um, about how long have you been doing magic and how'd you get into it? And then uh, we'll roll right into Derek. Um, well, Christopher Karpiak, I do my shows in Las Vegas now. Uh, started doing magic uh, basically when I met Derek. I wasn't a magician that grew up and like four years old or whatever. I was around 20 years old when I picked up my very first magic trick. Um, was dating a girl here in Connecticut. That's where I am right now, here in Connecticut. And uh, her mother owned a store called Clown City. Walked into Clown City one day, saw this little glass case with a ball and vase in it. And I said, what's that? And I bought the little ball and vase and uh, caught the bug that minute. Um, oh. Within six months, met this guy, met Eric within six months, and it grew. My passion for magic grew because we grew in it together, basically, right? And uh, and we're kind of each other's mentor. If if I'm, I'm speaking for me, maybe not him, but each other's mentor where we challenge each other and it got me to become a better and better and better magician where I outgrew every place that I've ever lived. Like I lived here, then I moved to DC and I was, a, I was a great magician in DC. Then I moved to Las Vegas where I've been doing my show at Mandalay Bay for 15 years now. So I just kept growing to the point where it's like, wow, I just kept getting out of, you know, like a fish in a fish tank. I got to get a bigger fish tank. I got to get a bigger fish tank. I don't know where you go from Vegas. I'm thinking maybe back to Connecticut. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, how many years, Chris, would you say you've been doing it at least 25 years? Oh, yeah, because I've known Derek 30 now. So, okay. so at least 30 years. I've been doing it for 30 years. But, I mean, honestly, you know how some people start when they're four and they don't really get good until they're, like, 16 and then they start professionally at blah, blah, blah? Yeah. I honestly, it took us six months to start doing shows. So, Ooh, wow. right. So that was, that's how fast it was. Like people, people would see us six months later going, Oh, you've been doing this all your life. And I'd be like, nah, six months. And they get mad at us. <laughs> I've been doing this all my life. And so I just tell them, I'm like, look, if you can talk, you can do magic. You know, if you got the, if you have the gift of gab, if you can, if you, I'm a really good liar. So that's perfect for people because that's what magic is. I'm lying to you the whole way. You're seeing this, but you're not. Yeah, right. <laughs> awesome. And a great Derek. explanation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Derek, how long have you been lying? <laughs> I've been, oh boy, uh, since I could start talking, I bet that's pretty much. Actually, um, I've been doing magic again 30 years, the same as Chris. Uh, we bumped into each other in a magic shop. Um, when I was about 22 or three, I think, yep. 
And um, I've been traveling around the country, working cruise ships, comedy clubs, private birthday parties, pretty much everything. And um, my, I'd say the, my biggest takeaway from 30 years of doing magic is uh, figure out your colorblind before you start doing stuff like uh, <laughs> mentalism and magic. You know, like, look, the, the cube is completely solved. Right. Oh, <laughs> oh right. No, I think it's solved, but the audience doesn't. They're like, no, it's not solved yet. It, it, oh, wait. Did you see that, Dave? <laughs> wow. Yeah. But yeah, uh, actually, uh, yeah, I'm the, I'm, I'm the uh, I, I actually did the opposite of him. I like being a small fish in a small pond, or a big fish in a small pond. I stayed in Connecticut because um, it's easier to get work here. All right. Not, is it because there's not as much competition, or um, I, I know that you and I at one point had the same agent, and uh, he would get me DJ gigs, and uh, you actually turned me on to the whole agent idea. Are there more agents? out here looking for magicians because it seems like there's probably a lot of them in Vegas. I, I don't really know. So yeah, if you throw a deck of cards in Vegas, you'll hit a magician and then he'll pick it up and show you an hour's worth of card tricks. And in Connecticut, you throw a deck of cards and they go, Oh, are you from the casino? You know, right. it's it's just actually for me it's more that family and friends were here. And I mean work is unlimited here for me. Well it was. Now it will be again soon too. So um when we talk human and organizational performance, we mean the individual and then the individual in a context of an organization. So for most of the time that I've seen uh, you guys perform, it's kind of solo act. Now, um, I know you both have teamed up with people and done uh, uh, shows, many, many shows with other people and, and in, including yourselves. Um, so when we talk about organization, maybe that's what we're going to talk about, like how you guys work together and all, all that stuff and how you prepare. So I'm going to start with our first uh, human performance kind of question. And it's uh, when you're getting ready to perform or, or actually while you're performing that whole time and space, how do you prevent errors that you can, uh, you know, do you look for what could go wrong? And uh, how do you prevent errors? And please, either one, you know. What's an error? We don't make mistakes. What's yeah. an error? <laughs> no. Nothing can go wrong during a magic show, ever. So remember this, Jim yep. um, and Dave. Remember this. You have no clue what we are doing. None whatsoever. Bingo. Unless I say, oh, crap, I screwed up. You have no clue what the ending was. Yeah. So until I give you the ending, you don't know what happens. So even if something happens in error for me, I can change the outcome of the trick, the surprise ending, to tail I can tailor it to the ending. I can make it bam, different ending. Got or, it. Or we know the ending. Yep. It's just a path to getting there. And I can give you a quick example. Please, yes. There we go. I actually made a prediction before we came on. Chris and I talked a little bit. And we'll ask Dave, because he's never seen this before. Um, Dave, uh, name a famous person that uh, everybody would know that would be watching this podcast. So don't like say the Archduke Ferdinand, because nobody knows who he is or what he looks like. <laughs> Elvis, Elvis Presley. Elvis, Elvis Presley. Presley. And, and that is amazing because you're going to be amazed. I have a prediction. And there it is, a picture of Elvis Presley as a baby. As a baby. Wow. As baby. a baby. Well, hey, how do we know? How do we, how do we really know? Huh? 
and, and you see, and to talk about protection. And so I, I was ready for any baby that you could have named because I have, I have uh, right here. We have Jackie Chan. Yeah. And we have, uh, Michael Jackson. All right. <laughs> so you don't know where the ending is. So yeah. we find the end. We know the ending, so we can tailor it to what we need. We we have a uh, a phrase that actually Dave taught me about a month ago in time space here. Um, and it's called requisite variety. And I haven't talked to you guys about this yet um, uh, offline. And uh, what it is, is about the uh, individual or the organization's ability to adapt to any situation. Like in a chess game, when somebody makes a chess move, you already have a plan for when somebody does that, what you're going to do. And it seems like that is a really good description of what you guys do. You're adaptable to, uh, to that moment. So um, when you're looking for an outcome um, and you already have it in mind, uh, let, let's, let's throw a, a little bit more variability in this. So you're totally prepared for almost anything you could fail, but what if you have a volunteer on stage and they're throwing crazy things that you need to be adaptable to? Um, how do you manage that adaptability like you bring somebody on stage who starts grabbing at your cards or 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 you know what i mean like how do you manage that um and not let things go crazy hmm. Hmm. well I, i'd say if i was in a room full of people and i was going to pick a volunteer and they come up and they're aggressive or hard to control first of all i wouldn't pick that person in in in, in the first place i would make sure if someone raises their hand and goes, i want to help i want to help it's like yeah not today, sir. Not today, because they're too eager. You want you, you would plan ahead to make sure. I mean, a lot of guys will plan ahead to the point where before the show even starts, they're going to go, I'm going to use you, you, and you. Are you willing to come up? All right. Will you follow directions? Yes. But over the years, it's just kind of like a nap where you meet, you can see somebody that's too anxious to be up there, and you know they want to be a bigger, they're going to try to steal the spotlight, so I wouldn't choose them. What about you? So let's say we accidentally choose the wrong person. We've We've, taught, we've been taught how to pick audience members, but let's say we see that one that looks perfect and they come up on stage and they're not perfect. I don't do whatever I planned on doing. I'll use them for something different because they may mess up my actual trick. I don't want that to happen. I want the magic to still be magical. So I'll use this person in another way. Maybe, maybe they'll be like an assistant for the other assistant that I bring up, right? Mm -hmm. But I can tell right away when you're talking, hey, where are you from? If they start giving me smart comments and they're, and they're back talking, I won't use them. Or sometimes I'll get, remember I'm in Vegas. Right. I'll get a person that's so drunk, right? <laughs> but they look, they look still and calm in the audience. I yeah. pick them and then they come up and they're like, there's this stuff in there. I can't use this guy. He's got to remember a card. I can't, he can't even remember his name. So, so honestly, I'll use this person still, but now I got to get the cognitive, the cognitive one here. Okay. Now I got this guy. So, Hey, you know what I mean? So that's how I get out of that. But honestly, Derek and I, we learned very young from some great mentors, um, how to pick the perfect audience member. So, yeah. That, that kind of leads into something that I was wanting to ask about if I can jump in real quick. If, if there's a community of magicians that uh, you mentioned mentors and people that uh, 
you might collaborate and and work with how do you um uh, how do you show mutual respect for one another and share ideas is there communication that happens across the magician community very big very big i mean yearly we go to the world's biggest magic convention it's about 1600 magicians and we all get together and we just spent four days sharing information sharing knowledge this trick was great this doesn't work um and then there's local clubs there's uh well with the social media there's there's millions i don't mean millions but uh hundreds of online groups that will share information there's card guys coin guys there's rope guys there's mentalists there's um it's 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 unlimited really and magic is one of the few things where Books are great, videos are great, but you are only going to get the best knowledge from picking another guy's brain. Yep. Sounds like there's a high level of trust uh, across uh, folks, too. Go ahead. I'm sorry to mean No, no, that's okay. And, uh, and remember, as magicians, we're not friends. We're brothers. It's a brotherhood. <laughs> you, could, you could be in Texas and say, hey, I'm in Texas, and some magician will go, you need a place to stay? You've never met him before. You're staying on their couch. You're yeah. staying in their guest room. It's not something plumbers do. You know, I'm in, I'm in town, and I'm a plumber. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm staying in my house. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. In the magic community, it doesn't matter if I've never met you. If you're in Vegas, I'll put you up. If you're in Vegas, we're, we're, we're jamming for a night. We're going to talk. So jamming, uh, when we jam, it's not like, and we call it jamming, uh, it's not like uh, we're learning, like like he said, well, what? This is how you lay that pipe. No, we're, we're, we get out a deck of cards and we don't even know what time it is. We're going to bed at 6 a.m. because we just lost track of time. And uh, you'll learn that one move. You'll learn that one trick. You'll learn that one. Sometimes it's just one joke that changes your whole show. And it's because he lives in Texas and you live in Vegas. Of course you can use it. Use it. Always ask permission now. Right. This is another thing is we're very ethical with our shows and stuff. Always ask permission. The guys are going to give it to you. Yeah, take it. It's yours. So. Yeah. Give credit then to the other magician. Always. Okay. Always. Now, this isn't mine, but I learned it from the guy in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. I say everything's mine. Yeah. yeah I, I wrote this. <laughs> I mean, it can, tricky. it can get very, very tricky too, because um, independent creation can happen. I run into this. Where, where I've thought of something, someone else across the country thought of the same thing, and then they find out about it. And, you know, was, was, it, was it malicious? Was it not malicious? Was it done, you know, genuine? Uh, it's, 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 it, the ethics of magic are really, really interesting. Yeah, that's a whole probably uh, uh, an hour or more conversation on the ethics oh my of God. magic. Yeah. Seven days. Yeah, we can keep <laughs> going on that one. Ethics? I love ethics. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's a here's a, not meant to be a trick question, just trying to get into your heads for your process. How do you identify any what we would consider a hazard at your work location? So whatever a hazard might be, like a cord on this on the uh, on the stage or uh, grabby people if you're out in the in middle of a crowd or something. But what's your process for identifying these hazards where you perform your work? Well, as for kids' shows, because I, I do a mix of all different types of shows, kids, adults. For kids, I learned this 20-something years ago. I had a mentor in California, and um, I'm not going to say his name because uh, he was the worst magician I'd ever met. But, <laughs> but he understood control. And he's like, when you do a kid's show, 
you have 40 kids in front of you, you need to reiterate three times, these kids must stay in their seat, and as soon as they stand up, the show is paused. And because when they sit back down, we can begin the show again. And I took that lightly when I first learned it until the emergency room visit. And that's when I learned that, yes, they, you have to, so you have to follow, you have to know the situation. 40 kids is, it's, it's dangerous. 40 kids sitting next to each other trying to sit down is dangerous. If, the, if one of them gets up, it's a follow the leader thing. They all get up. You can get rushed. I saw a guy produce, uh, this was, I think you were there. He had a, a pan. He showed it empty. And he was doing a show for 500 kids in an auditorium. And he covered the pan. And then he opened it up and it was a pile of candy. And then all (laughs) hell broke loose because who wants a piece of candy? He said, love sugar. Yeah. We ran the stage. We weren't, we weren't even getting, (laughs) ah, get that candy. And and it took 15 minutes to reassemble order and he never finished his act. Wow. So for me, so for me, it's a different situation. Let's say, let's say I'm not doing a stage show. Let's, let's say I'm doing my bar top show. Okay. For me, a hazard would be a spilled drink on my props yeah my yeah. props are expensive but the the person on the other side of the bar doesn't know that deck of cards is a 50 dollars deck of cards they don't know that they get they think it's a two dollar oh yeah <laughs> yes yeah, it spins you said it was normal i have a spinny deck i have a spinny 50 dollars that or wait a minute it's probably 60 now i don't even know how much 90, uh, we sell it for 99 90 dollars holy man no it doesn't matter coins there's but let's just say even the math the mat is, I mean, I don't mind replacing a $20 mat, but why every show do I need to place, replace a $20 mat? So I've learned how far the glassware needs to be, but it's also not just moving the glassware before I start for the effect of um, spill, spillage. It's also they can see things. Set the stage. I'm setting, I'm setting this area. So if it's a little area or a full stage, just know your environment. That's what you need to do. So when you're talking about hazards, before we go on stage, before I set my stage, I make sure it's the perfect stage so I see no hazards. But then stuff is gonna come up, like the person is gonna come up, the person is gonna trip. What if like a bar stool behind someone, bar stool behind someone, I've had this happen, they're so shocked about the magic trick, they jump back, they trip over the stool. I've created a hazard for someone else. Yeah. You know, and there's no reason that that person really needs to own a casino, is there? There is none. <laughs> no reason whatsoever. So I always try and look for that what's going to happen next. Like you said, I'm a chess player. I always look for the next move, no matter if it's hazards or my trick. I always look for the next move. I have a solid eight, I have eight tricks. I only do eight tricks. I've done eight tricks for 15 years. I know the order of these tricks, right? I go here to here to here to here. Sometimes I'll only do the first trick and the sixth trick because of these people. You know what I mean? I'm done, da-da, I'm out, right? So I've, I've gone ahead. I've, I've, I've played the rook instead of the bishop because I'm like, eh, uh, this crowd. Gotcha. Now, you guys have an astonishing friend that had some money taken from him, uh, from what I understand. Can you uh, share that story? It's a great lessons learned story. Oh, lesson learned. That's a lesson learned. One of my friends created an amazing effect where he turns ones into $100 bills. 
and it was a classic effect that he revamped and retooled, taking an idea and building on it. And we were in a bar doing it one night and uh, having a great time, women around, men around. Um, and this woman was just right in front of him and he goes, watch, one, two, three, four, five dollars. And now, snaps his fingers, instantly they changed to five $100 bills. And Whoa. this was the lesson. She took the bill and she goes, are those real? And he goes, yeah, check it out. And he, and he gave her one. When he gave it to her, she folded it up, stuffed it down her blouse, which has happened a hundred times. It's funny. Oh, it's mine now. Then she walked away, went in the ladies' room, came back out, and she goes, you can search me. It's not on me. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have your money. And from that day forward, I never put cash in people's hands. I mean, if, unless, unless you plan on losing it. So I do ones to 20s. Just for that reason, I can give a 20 out. And if someone steals it, I can use it as material. And it's $20. I mean, it's, it's still $20, but it's less likely to happen with 20. But yes, I will never put a $100 bill in somebody's hands that I expect back because people... Now, I, I like to do that trick also. I changed mine from ones to IOUs. They never take the IOUs. <laughs> never. Now, um, at these uh, um, uh, magic conferences that you guys go to and these uh, guild meetings that you have in between that time frame um, and just talking with other magicians, are you constantly in the state of sharing lessons learned like that? That's the same thing that goes along with just jamming and, and talking magic and saying like, like uh, that story has been told probably 50 times and, yeah. and, and people are like, well, good to know, good to know. Like you can hand that money out, but never let it go. It's real. Feel it. Go ahead. There's a lesson learned right there. Um, um, who is it? Matt King that had a great story about, about mistakes that he, he basically just talked about the mistakes he made during his, his whole career as a very famous magician in Vegas. And, uh, he sh when he shares his stories, just like we just did there, it was I, I learned never to put goldfish in my mouth because <laughs> they could swim down your throat and cause you to vomit on stage. Oh my! Or God. or in front of Donnie and Marie on their TV show. That's where it happened. That's where it happened. He was on Donnie oh, and Marie. Wow. He made a, a goldfish appear, but he makes it appear out of his mouth. It swam down, but stuck here in his gag reflex oh, no. while they were talking. And he's like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah he had to go over and and, <laughs> and... and that's the thing. They didn't know why he pretended to pretended to puke in his suitcase. Yep. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank goodness he does a thing called the uh, hang, uh, hiccup cure. So thank goodness he had a paper bag in his suitcase that he actually... But now he can't do that. Now he can't do his next trick. Right. So right. you always prepare for something. He never knew he was going to prepare for that, though. You guys uh, ever feel like, oh crap, I've gotten overloaded. You know, I've, I've, I'm overcommitted. I, I, I've overbooked. I've got things yeah, every that... day of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean magic? Oh, uh, <laughs> no. If it's something about uh, you know you and your colleagues, you talked about seeking out bad news like this, the goldfish in the throat uh, kind of idea. But then uh, there's this thing about people, uh, oftentimes they, they love what they do and then they overcommit and they get so wrapped up into, you know, filling up the calendar that eventually they realize I don't have time 
for anything else, or I need to juggle things, I need to move things around, because I'm going to be perceived as not very reliable if, if I'm not showing up where I said I would go. Oh, you can't do that. You cannot do that. When people have, like, I do a lot of private parties. People huh? have private parties, and I've, honestly, uh, in 25, 30 years, I've missed two events due to my own just mistakes. I, I, I booked it, I wrote it on the wrong day, or something happened. And I, those are, that's like nightmare fuel to me. I would never, I mean, I, I give myself hours between shows in case of just, you, you learn to plan for anything. Like if I'm driving from, uh, in Connecticut, I have to drive 50 miles between shows. It's an hour drive. So I give myself two hours. And sometimes even that isn't enough. And you just, you just have to have multiple outs. I have three con, I, well, I have two contact numbers, so I can call two, two different people if I can't make it to a gig on time. But yeah, I never overextend because people have that one party. And you know what? Unhappy people will talk a lot more than happy people, unfortunately. Yeah, it's like an 11 to 1 ratio, you know, unhappy <laughs> to happy. It's, it's something that uh, uh, people have done studies on, you know, if you, if you got a uh, an unhappy customer, they will tell 11 people, you know, but if you get a happy customer, that's on one, maybe two, you know, their friends. Uh, do you find that uh, that word of mouth is maybe some of your best advertising then? 100%. 100%. 100%. I've never run any ads in my life. I've been doing this almost 30 years. Like I said, I don't advertise whatsoever. I, I tell clients, uh, and I do this for my family shows because it seems it, it helped for years. I don't really have to do it much anymore because I've built up a clientele. But I'd say if you enjoyed the show, tell your friends. If your friends book a show, three people book a show, I'll give you a free show. And there was times where I was doing free shows all weekend. But that means <laughs> if I did three free shows, that was nine to 12 other shows I got paid for. Right. So yeah, I, I word of mouth is 100% what I use. So if in my show, I say, if you liked my show, tell all your friends. If you didn't like it, tell all your enemies. Dude, I get so many bookings. Both sides of the coin. Man, it's crazy. All right. So I, I know a story uh, in Derek's past that I think is just so awesome. Um, but here's the question. Can you tell us a story about something that failed and how you coped with it? Yes, the show must go on. That is true. And, and in my younger days, I worked on a cruise ship and I did a very famous, it was called the 100 foot rope escape, where I would sit in a chair and give out 100 feet of rope to one of the lucky volunteers, well, one of the volunteers in the audience, and they would use that 100 feet of rope to tie me up. Now, due to constraints of time, I thought, well, if I just cut the rope in half and get two people to tie me up, it'll go a lot quicker and the boring part will get over quicker me getting tied up. Whereas I should have been just enjoying the moment and, and talking them through that one piece. Well, I invited two people up on the cruise ship to tie me up and these gentlemen came up and they tied me up and they were snickering and they were having a good time. And I noticed it was a little tighter than normal. And I'd never been, I've never, there, there's a secret that you can escape. It's just, you, you, if you know the secret, you can escape. Well, these guys knew some secrets too. And I had two minutes to escape. And I was laying on my side, still tied to the chair. The two minutes were up. The audience is laughing. I end up, I, I mean, magic by Derek. Hey, he didn't get us. And, and I, 
limped off stage with dragging the t uh, the chair tied to my leg still, and I'm in I'm in the the captain's uh, the captain's area, and the the the, the deckhands are all trying to cut the rope off because the knots were so tight and they did such a good job. Come to find out they were professional cowboys and, and they tied, tied animals up for a living and wrangled and they had something called a struggle knot. And they put four struggle knots in there. So every time I pulled, it got tighter and tighter. Uh -huh. and, and after the show was over, we all take a bow. So the whole, the, the dancers come out, every, all the acts come out and take a bow. And I'm still backstage trying to get undone. And they're like, and magic by Derek. And I'm like, I'm not going out there. I'm not going out there. And they're like, magic by Derek. And the captain pushes me out with a chair still tied to my leg. I limp out tied to the chair. The audience is going nuts. And I take a bow. And honestly, it was the best reaction I had ever gotten from that routine. And the next day, I went out and bought a straight jacket. Yep. <laughs> So I, I have a similar story. I have a similar yeah. story in Vegas. I do the same thing. I get tied up, but for me, the magic to get out of it—it's just a safe word. <laughs> a safe word. There you go. <laughs> That's a so, private showing, I believe. Oh, sorry. Oh, is it? Oh, sorry. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's totally private. So there you yeah. go. To, to really though, there, there's your thing though. When, when I find a, a, a hole in my act. Yeah, I, I cannot it. let that back in my act. There's, yeah. I can't solve that problem. I can't, I can't, you know, what if they're cowgirls? I only pick women to tie me. They could be cowgirls. Right. I'm not taking that chance ever again. Or, or uh, someone in the Navy. I mean, how many knots do naval people right. know? Or now, Boy Scouts. You don't right. want to bring a Boy Scout up for that. Think about doing a blue and gold event where they're tying these knots you've never seen. You're like, what is going on here? <laughs> Now, didn't you also make a practice of picking the like the biggest guys to uh, yeah. to make it look even more? There was no. If I had not, well, here's the thing: I could still do that routine. I just shouldn't have cut that rope in half. Right. right I shouldn't right. have taken upon myself. I didn't have an out. I didn't know. I didn't know how that complicated the effect. So I yes, but I always picked the biggest, strongest people, and it was amazing because I'm 140 pounds. These 300 pound guys, 200 pound guys are tying me up. And I mean, it was, it was amazing until that night and that it was funny, which is not the effect I was going for. <laughs> you know, you know, Jim, um, that's why it's called the hundred foot rope escape. Right. Now, <laughs> 250 50 foot rope escape. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that, yeah. and at least, at least they didn't shove that hundred foot down their bra and run off. You know what right. I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now the notion of positive control over the situation do you guys feel like you relate with that that notion of always maintaining positive control over the situation any of the uh people that we plan on interviewing or have talked to about this kind of stuff before that is what we use our uh our training and uh the way we approach things in best practices to always maintain positive control over the situation now um there's another story about a raw egg in your pocket do you remember that story could you oh, share yeah, i remember all these stories yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i wish i knew more of uh uh christopher's uh, uh little side stories like this but can you can you share that that egg story with us and how you coped you know it really goes back to the beginning where we said nobody knows what's going to happen in a show unless you do one of the biggest mistakes in magic is you say, here's what's going to happen. 
Right. <laughs> if you say that, they know, and then you have to do it. Now, what I had done is I'd taken a, a handkerchief, stuffed it in my hand, and it turned to a real egg. Now, um, no, without exposing too much, I had a real egg in my pocket. And for some reason, because it was in my slacks and not a jacket, I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable. I wasn't used to where it was, the location. And at one point in the show, I'll stand up and I went, oh and boy. I said, I said, oh my. And I literally, I knew what happened and I knew I wasn't pulling out a real egg for the next trick. So I, 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 I think, I think it's on video too. And I think, I wish I knew that if you were telling, I would have brought the video, but it, all I did was hit my hands in my pockets and I went, awesome. And I knew what happened. My partner didn't know what happened at the time. And he was just like giving me a funny look. And I, I gave him a penny out of my other pocket. And I said, show them your penny trick. And I went backstage to clean up. Oh, wow. <laughs> but again, not knowing what was going to happen is, is why we can, we can roll with the punches. Now, right. I, I'm sure like you've seen David Copperfield's show. That man, I, I'm sure, I, I'm, I can't speak for it. He probably could, but every moment, every breath is planned out. Now, I, I, I'd be curious if, if I mean, he, I'm sure he vets his, his volunteers, too, so he knows who's coming up to help him. You know, he probably does a background check on him. That guy's, that guy's intense. Um, <laughs> that being said, uh, he's going to deal with it a lot different. What, what do you think? How do you think that would go? David said, David said many people that are, that are uh, unresponsive. It's crazy. Uh, recently, man, just, I would say within the past four years, he's become a, a little, a little sarcastically impatient with some people. I don't know if you've seen it. Like, uh, he'll get people, he'll throw a Frisbee in the audience, random picking. This is random picking. And then they'll throw a Frisbee and he'll ask him a question and he'll actually be like, like, yelling at the guy to get the answer out of him God, come on what is what are you wearing blah, 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 blah. you know what i'm saying it's crazy so no but his like he said man if david david has everything like he said the the breath he takes what word he says it's precise like you could set your watch to things you know what i mean in his show wow. i'm not that i'm I, honestly i think derek and i when we first started we had an outline and nothing else. We didn't have any comedy because every show is different for us because the audience is different for us. So you would see the same exact tricks. Let's say we did five tricks each, right? For our show. Mm -hmm. You would see the same exact tricks, but you would never see the same show. If you go see Mac King and you go see um, Nathan Burton and you go see David Copperfield, you could set your watch to the jokes. With us, you would never know what's coming out of our mouths next. Yeah, I, we don't even know. Honestly. <laughs> I call it, I call the, the style of magic I do gorilla magic because I'm thrown into so many different venues. It could be a comedy, um, a comedy club. It could be a country club. It could be a living room. It could be a backyard. It could be a, a funeral. I mean, you never know. I've only done one funeral, by the way. And it was, was wondering about that. Yeah. <laughs> How many funerals you do? Oh, I put the fun at funeral. Oh, yeah, what's in the box? What's don't open the box? Yeah, <laughs> it's empty. What? It's a tip over casket. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I had a a, a funeral. Uh, 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 the after the funeral, they have the uh, the, uh, yeah. the party. 
the party. Okay. Yeah, and, the and it was a bunch yeah. of Irish people. The guy loved magic. And, and one of his things, I want a magician. <laughs> and I, I was just like, I charged double because I thought it was going to be a, just a, a real, you know, a real beep storm. But right. it was it was amazing because he, he his personality carried through. You know, everybody knew that was for him. And oh. it was neat. But yes. And if I know Derek, I, I wasn't there. So, but I know Derek. He probably made it personal. Like, hey, how was Jim like? I don't know who the, the guy was. was Frank, Frank. Frank. How was Frank like? What was Frank like? What did Frank like? And then he probably tailored it to that. I actually had a, um, people kept picking cards out of my deck, and it was they were signed by Frank. Right. And I'm like, you got Frank's card again. Wow. <laughs> well, that guy, stop it. I'm trying to show them a trick. Put it back in the deck, shuffle it. Pick another card. Frank's card again. Wow, dude, you need to chill out. You know, wherever you are, stop. <laughs> See, I wasn't even there, but I knew that that's something that we would do. Right. We would actually, we personalize the show. Dave, if, we, if I come to your show, I'm going to do research on you plus a couple of the people in your audience. Not because I'm going to use it against you, but because I'm going to make it personal for you. I'm not going to make a prediction like, I know where you were born. No, because, no, no. I'm not going to do stuff like that, but I'm going to use that. Hey, where are you from? Oh, I, and I'm going to know stuff about where you're from. It's just going to make you, I'm going to use your name because the name's the most important thing to someone. Sure. It's your most, and I'm going to use some facts about you. And you're going to be like, you're going to have this overwhelming, like, like sense of, I like this guy for some reason for no, and that's it. I honestly don't have to do magic because the magic's in you. The magic's there. The tricks, yeah, anybody can do tricks. That's actually his superpower in magic is because he knows a little about every state and a little about almost every, every, a little about everything. Every subject. So he can connect with people like, like, per, like instantly, personally. Like I'll have to research. Like, Dave, I went on the internet because I knew you were going to be on the show. Did a little research on you. You have quite the internet footprint, you know. And <laughs> James yeah, does. Actually, yeah. I, I did. I set this up for you before we came. Oh, nice. And um, I, there's a playing card on this. Now, Dave, I know from what I searched on the internet, I know what color card you're going to pick. Say it out loud. What color card do you think is right here? Red. That's correct. And what is it, a heart or a diamond? It's a heart. It is. It is. It is. What heart do you think I have here, Dave? Uh, King of hearts. Pretty impressive, right? I know. I know. I know. Actually, see, I brought, I brought all the cards just in case I was not going to play around. He's missing the King of Hearts. It's not there. What? What? <laughs> Actually, Dave, Dave, I did do the research, and you'll notice that sitting back here since we started is a deck of cards. Yeah, right. And if I take that deck of cards out and I open it up, I'm going to keep it in frame. I'm even going to come a little closer so you can see. All you'll right. notice that in this deck of cards, there's dump it out of the box here. And you will yeah. see that there is one card face up on the bottom of the deck. The King of Hearts, awesome. And Dave, <laughs> I planned it in advance, so I put a red one in there. I mean, in a blue one in the red deck. He's colorblind. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. <laughs> All right. And there you go. Oh, this is sweet. Oh, man. So, Dave, where are you broadcasting from? Tucson, Arizona. Yeah, I Tucson. I love Tuscan, Arizona. Uh, what's, it's, a, it's a dry heat. Oh, it's a dry heat. I love when people say that. Uh, I live in Vegas. You live in Arizona. I, I tell people it was 120 today, and they're like, yeah, but it's a dry heat. I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, we get that a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was it was 84 degrees with 100% humidity. It was hotter where I live. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, Tucson, Arizona, nice. Yeah, it's Beautiful. it's great here. I love it's, it. Uh, came here about uh, almost uh, 20 years ago now, and uh, yeah, we're we're not going anywhere except for feet first out of the house. You know, because uh, this is this is home. You said we. Who's who's the we? Oh, Tanya, terrific, and myself. You know, uh, my lovely bride of about okay. forty years. Yeah. Wow. You were yeah. married forty years. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. True Probably story. Like four minutes. Wow. <laughs> Underwater on fire, baby. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Marriage fun. <laughs> so, uh, Dave. Um, yeah. I had a I had a, a, a couple in my front row uh, at my at my magic show right, and it was this older couple, and I mean, they looked like they were in their 80s, and I said to them, I said, how long have you guys been married? Because there's a, a newlywed couple sitting next to you. How long were you married? And they were married for 60 years. This was their 60 year wedding anniversary, and newlyweds sitting right next to each other, right? And I said to the the older couple, I said. Would you give them some advice, some something, so that they yeah. know they can stay together for 60 years? What keeps you together for 60 years? And the woman, this lady, she yells, she goes, communication. And the guy said, what'd the guy say? <laughs> Perfect communication, isn't it? Yeah, deaf as a post, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, guys, when performing, um, what would you say is if you can say this i don't know if you can uh depending on those eight eight tricks or five tricks or whatever you got planned to do at the time is there ever like one element that you're you're hoping goes right instead of like like i know you like to say oh 100 percent this trick is ready to go but say you're doing a new trick or or something mm -hmm. like that do you ever have an element Not nude new yeah right, right. I right. my clothes on jim New my clothes on. New. Oh, new? new? Yeah, oh, yeah. New. <laughs> Communication. Right? Uh, yeah. What's the scariest element would you say that you rely on or worry that might fail? Like something you might call the weakest link in all of the things that you're getting ready to do. Okay, so you get two 50 feet, 50 foot uh, piece of rope. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that honestly, that no, that's it right there. Something like that happens and you eliminate it or you fix it. I, uh, you said something new though. Um, I won't put anything in my, my rotation of eight that I haven't practiced for a year and then had someone like Derek watch. And then Derek would go, okay, you flashed there. Um, flashing in magic, uh, because I don't want to give away anything, but flashing in magic is you seeing the actual trick, um, yeah. the method. And I don't want you to see the method right. magic to the audience is magic. That's like, that's like if you've ever seen a ninja, he's not a very good ninja. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, right? So with magic, you don't want to see, they, they want to see, they, they're there to be amazed, right? Yeah. And the thing about it is, so he'll be like, oh, you need to say this, this, and this, or hey, take that line out. It, it might be something like a word. It, it doesn't have to be flashing. It could be a word. It could be my patter. The patter is what we say while we're doing, while we're doing the trick. So I will not throw anything into a show. Now I make sure my very first performance is controlled. 
So at my bar, I do it for coworkers first. They're great because these guys have seen my eight tricks a thousand times each, right? And I'll have them. There's one trick I do called kings and fives. It's, it's my sobriety test, right? They've seen it a thousand times behind me watching the people. And they're like, I still don't get it. I still don't know how it's done. That's how precise it is. I will not do a trick. And, and I'm not the guy that goes, hey, uh, um, excuse me, move. You can't do that. Because if you tell someone to move, the people, up front, the people up front might think something shady is going on. I don't want you thinking anything shady is going on. It's four cards. Here's the four cards. Let's play with the four cards. Right? I think on the opposite of that, though, Dave, if you had said, uh, I'll give you an example. I do a trick where I have a, I have a card chosen, and then I can't find it. But I have an insurance policy. And when I open up the insurance policy, there's a big picture of the card. Now, the, the, yeah, it's amazing. Now, what I would do is I'd let you pick a card, and I, I'd put the card back in the deck, and I'd let you shuffle it. And then I'd say, now what's going to happen? There we go. So you say that line there. So they know you're going to cut the deck to your own card that you chose. What are the odds they cut to their own card? One in 52. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I have no out. I can't open up my big insurance policy and show them their giant card like that. Because it right. doesn't – I stop right there. They cut to the card. They hold it up. King of hearts. Oh, my gosh. You found your card just like we predicted. Never happens. Never. But it, it happens. It happens. But it will. Something never happens. So, oh, but it did. I'll take advantage of the mistake <laughs> in reverse. Or sometimes I'll say I'll have this giant thing folded up in my pocket of a jack of hearts. And I'll just say name or uh, usually it's not this, but that's just an example. Mm -hmm. And I'll say name a random card. And if I, if, if, if the stars align and they just go jack of hearts, it's a freebie. And I will, I will milk that for five minutes before I, I'll put this down and I'll wait and I'll wait. And then when you open it up, it builds to a crescendo. And that was all, playing all off of the situation in the moment. Whereas I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll can a trick just to build, to build this and milk that. It was kind of funny because uh, Dave was supposed to say Jack of Yes, yeah, son of a gun. He's a king of <laughs> Come yeah. on. Two off. Yeah. yeah. You, yeah. What's hey, you ruined the trick, man. Yeah, oh. thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. I wasn't saying I love you. I was saying Jack of Hearts when you guys walked right. in. We were supposed so to be surprised. Those stuff, right? Jim was supposed to be surprised. Oh. All right, yeah. I meant to shoot him a message privately. Pick the Jack of Hearts. I forgot to do that. You guys told me ahead of time, and I forgot. It that was part. mentally. Mental. Yeah. 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 That telepathy thing just kind of goes right over, you know, bounces off. I, you know, my wife tells me this. She, she'll validate that for sure. <laughs> Dave, do you have a question you want to ask these fellas? Yeah, you know, my side of this is talking about high reliability and uh, organizing your, your life. You've talked about many ways already that you've ensured reliability in, in your uh, acts and in your ways that you collaborate with others, uh, magicians, uh, the community and everything. The, uh, uh, are, are you guys single? You married? You, you, you have families? We're not together, no. We're not together anymore. <laughs> you're you're it not a couple? It work out, but we stayed friends. We tried. <laughs> oh, you mean married? No, single. Single. 
Yeah, yeah. Single yeah. dating, kind of dating, but so yeah. no one, no one can put up with me. I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, this is what I'm getting to. See the the idea of relationships and how those relationships are key to your success. And you really, you know, have a, a great relationship between you and with your colleagues. Uh, this is something that a lot of people they don't really focus on, but it seems like you do. Uh, it, it just appears that way that you guys are really lo not looking at the individual components, the people, the tools, whatever, but you're also looking at the relationships between everything and everyone. And that is, that's really something that some people say only the Asian society does that, you know, with the Zen and, and all that. Uh, is this something that you guys consciously do or is it uh, unconscious, uh, amazing? uh emphasis that you put in relationships i mean it's it's kind of this is a that's a little different going away from the magic thing is where uh, as as friends this is something i mean he, he is uh, i want to call you a self-help guru but he really i mean he reads more books about the mind and the body than i've ever read in my life and just books period so he's he's actually promoted that where where it's always about helping each other because it always comes back to you it's help help selflessly help help without without question without uh, asking rewards and it will come back to you i mean I, I and and as far as families and relationships my daughter who's been doing magic shows with me now since she was five so that's about eight years she we do a separate complete mind reading act and i mean i call that the kid lotto because my kid is my kid does adult shows and I'll do family shows. I'll bring her to adult shows and the adults love her, which is the first, first kid on a comedy club stage in Connecticut um, because wow. of her skills. But um, yeah, there's the, magic. There's a strange camaraderie that doesn't just like, it doesn't carry over to other professions. None. There's no other, like I, I would never ask another bartender to stay at my house, you know, unless it's just, you, unless, well, unless I knew him. It's, her. but it's, it, oh yeah, well, unless it's a her. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Um, <laughs> No, it's a, uh, it, on it, but like, and, and the other thing is you ask if this is something that we've, that we've worked for, if it comes naturally. Um, I would say both, most of it, everything that I've done in my life is a learned behavior only because of I've always been learning. So no matter what, uh, even if it's something that feels like it's natural, how do I know that it wasn't a, a past belief that's become a learned behavior? So how we actually put this in effect is everything I do has everything about me in it. So like he said, it's about helping others. It's about being with others. It's about loving others. I, I, have, I have no expectations for anything, none, because disappointment comes from expectations. So if I think that this is going to be I'm, I want this to happen in this trick. Let's go with magic. I want this to happen in this trick. I want this effect. I want them to be this. And none of that happens. I'm going to be disappointed. Instead, I'm the, hey, let's do this. Let, like, let's make this an experiment. Let's have fun with this. It always, and it always ends up happening the way I want anyway. So it's crazy because it's like, oh, that's, that was perfect. Right? Excuse me. So, hey, ta-da! <laughs> you like that? He's gone. That's ta-da, short for da-da-da-da. <laughs> so, um, 
<laughs> so to answer that question, for me, it's, it, was pro it was probably a learned behavior for me. If, if, you're, if you're talking about how I, how I know that the universe provides, that's how I've lived my whole life. But for this other stuff, it's pretty much learned behavior. You know what I'm saying? Are you ready? Oh, yeah. uh, uh, this is this is interesting how he just disappeared and reappeared. And that's yeah. a David Copperfield deal, See, right? In, yeah. in life, I don't prepare like magic shows. See, I left my phone across the room with the ringer on. <laughs> yes, small bladder syndrome. I mean, what? What? It's called TBS. Tiny, TBS. tiny bladder syndrome. I'm sorry, tiny bladder syndrome. <laughs> Wait, so can what? you put that on this show? I'm sorry. <laughs> What advice would you guys give for people to try, I'm sorry, people trying to start out and doing the work that you guys do? And what would you tell them to look out for? Well, I tell them not to do it. Yeah, my advice is don't. Why, why, why? Because we don't like competition. We got enough competition. <laughs> I'm good. No, ser seriously, seriously. Um, I, this is something I wouldn't do for myself because I have a hard time with uh, uh, learning through reading. But 90%, 95% of the greatest magicians in the world will say, get a book. 100%. Get mm -hmm. a book. Learn one trick and master that trick so well you could do it in, a, in your sleep. And, and then share that trick with others. And don't, don't because if, if you start reading through the whole book and, oh, there's 50 tricks. If, if you're just in it to learn the secrets, then go nuts. But if, you're learn, if you want to do it, you need to pick one thing. And, and become great at it because like he said eight trick this guy is doing his life dream his his goal in life was to be a, uh, we, we knew a guy named doc Eason. he's a, an incredible bar magician and because of when we met him it was i it was a training session like we were talking earlier he did a lecture and we we drilled him with questions and one of the things he, he promoted was we said it earlier was learning people's names he did a card trick where 10 people picked a card and they were more impressed with him remembering their names than finding their cards out of the 10 people. So you learn that one trick and you learn the techniques and you master it. And, and when you're, so the book is the way to go because it's always there and it's going to give you the same instructions every time. So get on the, the same subject as book. I was telling Derek this the other day. It's not that I, I love to read, so don't, don't think this. It's not that I love to read and that I don't want to watch a video or I don't want to watch a YouTube or I don't want to figure it, I don't want to be mentored anymore. I like to read the book because I can, I can open it up, read the effect, that's what the audience is supposed to see, read the secret with the stuff the audience isn't supposed to see, and then understand the trick and then make it mine, right? I tailor it to me. When I watch a video, I tend to mimic exactly what the guy did because I watched this video and he did this and he did uh -huh. that. I don't want to be this guy, whoever it is, or this girl, because there's a lot of female magicians out there nowadays that are, that are surpassing us, right? But I don't want to do, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be them. I want to be Christopher where I am, my sarcasm, my... Sometimes I'll watch a trick and it's dry and I love it. I'm like, I love that trick. And I end up being this dry guy doing this one trick. And it's like, oh, I know why. I know why it's not me. I, I think paraphrased, uh, do you want to be a cover band or do you want to be an original artist? Oh, nice. nice. Ah, right? All right. All right. Well, There's this is a good lesson. Cover bands, 
but you know, nothing wrong with cover bands. And there's a lot of cover bands in Magic, the same thing. Where we saw a guy a couple days ago, uh, he did, we just mentioned one of our, he did three or four jokes from our favorite magician. Not like one from each magician. He did three of them out of his act, complete lines. It's okay though, because he's dead. <laughs> Oh, is that how that works? Yeah, once once Harry Anderson passed away, you can use his jokes. Oh, I wow, guess. I got a whole new act. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, well, this is this is a good lesson for me because you know I've been impressed with James and how he uh, trains and presents to audiences, and he uses what's called gamification, where he makes it entertaining and interesting and fun. And I've been more of the the old master sergeant uh, minister. Uh, just giving lectures and and preaching, you know, and and I want to transition to what James does and make things fun and not just boring as hell, you know. So <laughs> it's it's something that I'll need to be careful of, just trying to mimic James and actually make it my own. I appreciate the advice here. Thank you. We start that way. We always start that way, and you and you grow into your own. So like. Jim, Jim had, he knows one of my favorite methods of learning is the Karate Kid method. And I don't Lights know on, wax off, yeah. Well, do you, you are, you're, you're familiar with the idea, but the idea is to train people, but trick them into being trained without knowing they're being trained. And then they have that epiphany moment where, oh my gosh, you, you just taught it. me how to, to, to chop wood. Yeah. You know, when, and the whole time they were just doing the tomahawk chop for, oh, we can't, is that, is that okay to do that? Anymore? Yes, we can okay. do that. Okay. No, no. no. Right. <laughs> um, don't, no one sue us. Oh, man. We are, we're, we are sensitive. We're being politically correct today. All right. I gotta, uh, I gotta <laughs> be sensitive of your time because we really appreciate it. And I could talk to you guys for probably 10 more hours and be entertained the whole time. Uh, he, again. he probably would. <laughs> Um, I, I want to ask you one more, and we'll give Dave one more uh, question. Um, but I want to ask, um, since we are in weird times to these days, has uh, COVID changed the way you guys do business? Yeah, we don't do business. <laughs> uh, Next question. Yeah, no, it's, uh, uh, hey, let's just, hey, how about this? Um, if I was to do a show right now, let's say I was, yep. I would still do my show 100% now, yep. right? Um, we go back on, we saw these, these guys the other day, there was two of them, the, the same guys that stole the three jokes, right? Yep. They pointed out, they pointed out, no one has touched this thing since I touched it. Don't worry about it. It's okay. It's sanitized. It's sanitized here. Examine it. Right? Automatic show. What I'm not. It's it's like me pulling out. The, um, I don't know if they're here. Okay, it's like me taking out a, a deck of cards and going. It's a regular, everyday, normal deck of cards. I don't need to say that. I can throw it out, and they can right. They can check to see it's a regular deck of cards. I don't need to say these things. And not only did they say it once, they said it every single trick. Why are we giving? Now we're getting back to what David asked. They've asked about. Um, um, and, and Derek pointed on how I am, how I believe in the universe. You're giving this thing an energy that it doesn't need. Yeah. Keep, keep making this. And collectively, we're making it bigger and bigger and bigger because the collective whole is bigger than the, the singular whole. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So it, and we, when we were doing our, um, our show, 
we did this show for a couple of weeks, uh, 100 episodes, and it was called, we, the first thing we called it was coping with the quarantine. And Derek goes, why are we saying the word quarantine? Because we're giving that an energy itself. Let's change the name of the show to something that we want. And because, because we do magic, we have singers, we, have, we had you on, yeah. right? It was more than a talk show, so it was more than words. So Derek said, why don't we call it more than words? Yeah. So that's how it became the show, more than words. But not giving it energy, not giving that thing that you said. I don't even like saying the, the word. We try and dissipate it. We try and, and just so you know, just so you know, just like everything, if I want to change the world, I must change myself first. Right. I need to change myself to change the world. So to do that, I don't want to give it energy. Derek doesn't want to give it energy. It's kind of like a pyramid scheme we got going on here. You know what I mean? <laughs> he tells two people, they tell two people, they tell two people. So we, we, what we're trying to do is dissipate that energy. So, love it, love it. So if I'm going to do a show during it, I'm going to do my show during it. I'm not changing anything. We're not going to, that, that was it. I went to that comedy club because the comedy club was open. We could go see a show finally after five months. We walk in there and they're like, COVID, 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 COVID. And we're like, I don't like COVID. And oh gosh, my life is, I, I didn't go there for that. I went there to be for the escape. Yep. And, and, and that, yep. I would have taken the insults and all the, all the horrible magic, but if they had, it, but they already ruined it starting the show by bringing us back to reality. So let's, let's just touch on this real quick yes. with Derek, with what he just said. David Copperfield said one thing in, in a lecture that always hit me hard. He goes, people spend money. People pay for you for that hour, that hour and 15 minutes to not be in their normal lives. They want to escape reality for that hour time. So if you're escaping reality for that one hour time, why are you giving them their reality during that one hour time? Give them something that they're going to forget everything about. I, I would love for you to just be in a trance for one hour and 17 minutes and then come out feeling good. Like I hypnotize you for an hour and 17 minutes. You, I don't want you to think about your life. I don't want to think about your bills. I don't want you to think about this thing. I don't want you to think about anything for an hour and 17 minutes. So that's what I do. That's what Derek does. So why throw it in their faces? Hey, you got to pay bills tomorrow, guys. Let's, let's just give them their whole reality in the show. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just spent 500 on me. What are you going to do? Have you got your kids' DNA tested? What is going on here? You know that they're yours. I yeah, only find out about, if they're my kid. Dad let's or talk about vaccinations. Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, so as far as shows... If someone calls me and asks me for a show right now, uh, if there's res any restrictions or anything, I, I don't, I can't do it. No, no, kind of true, kind of true. Okay, but no, no, no. He, the guy called him for a show the other day, and Derek goes, "Yes, of course, this is my price." And then the guy goes, "Okay, you're gonna bring the uh, the COVID test," and he goes, "Oh yes, I'll bring that. This is my new price." Derek doubled the price of the show and the guy's like, well, why is it $700 now or, or 900 or whatever it was? Why is it $900 now? And the guy's like, and Derek goes, cause you're asking me to do something that I don't do. So uh, I will do it. I will do your thing, but you're going to pay double for me to do this thing. Nice. So, so he's not, he's not, he's not canceling them. 
Right. He's just giving you the new price. Yeah. Right? Is that the right? The answer isn't no, but now you've changed the parameters here. Yeah. Correct. It's something that uh, I think people deal with when they go to work for somebody uh, and they have this expectation that, oh, you told me this is what it is, but now you get in there and it's like, this isn't what you told me it was going to be. And there's this realization like, maybe I really don't want to work here. You know, right. uh, we, we work a lot with people that are interested in being successful and they say, it's, we are a family and we are going to be good to each other and and we always are and then you get in there and it's like oh crap these people don't like each other you know they're fighting like cats and dogs and they just you know have real issues and i'm not looking forward to going back tomorrow you know uh it's something that we also call managing the unexpected this is something that uh, in high reliability organizing uh there's principles there, there's ways of thinking about things. And you get into situations where like, I didn't see this coming. Uh, does that ever happen to you? Where it's like, I never imagined it. Foot of rope. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 250 foot of rope, come on. Yeah. When I said gorilla magic earlier, that's, that's a lot of my shows where I walk in and I have one rule, I have one rule. You put my back to a wall. I need my back to a wall. That is, that, is, that is the one rule I need to have a successful show. Because it, it, and, and every now and then, people don't follow. The, I, it's a very simple rule, easy rule to go by. Like I have had actually people call me and say, do you do a Harry Potter themed show? I said, no, I do not. I, I, I do, I've worked on this show for 30 years and built it up to what it is. I'm not going to suddenly do a Harry Potter show because it fits this one theme. If you want a good show, you have to take what I offer. A lot of guys are flexible. I'll do a Harry Potter show. I'll do a Cookie Monster show. And you're gonna get, you're gonna get a show that was prepared in a, in a day or two, as opposed to 30 years of experience. But, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's guerrilla magic. I'll go in and you never know. I mean, I, I, I'm not a high-priced babysitter. I'm, I'm an entertainer. And sometimes you get in, I'll get into a gig and they'll be like, all right, we're gonna throw the kids in a room with you over here. Good luck, see you in an hour. And um, it's that's not my my job is not to uh, what, what is it to not to punish but to admonish children or admonish a group of people. My job is to entertain them. So when a kid's acting bad or someone's acting out, yeah, I stop the show, find find the uh, responsible adult, and I mean, I'm I'm not above kicking someone out of a show. I haven't had to do that in years, but I'm not above doing it to to, to sacrifice one person's experience for everybody else's. So, uh, Dave, you said. You're, you're talking about um, the dynamic of people. <laughs> and people are, are very different day to day. Um, and so I, I, I love mirror work. I do a lot of mirror work. And, and what I see in you is a reflection of me. So if you're saying we can't get along, I don't know you, right? And you're saying that me and you are butting heads and not getting along. First thing I wonder is what in me is being broadcast onto you that we're not getting along. So now I'm trying to figure out what is it in me that's causing this between us because no matter what, 100%, I'm responsible for 100% of my joys and sorrows. So that means my drama in life too. So the dynamic at work, it's, it's hilarious because we have, I, I mean, I'm a bartender that does magic, right? I, I have this thing. There's 10 other bartenders back there. There's far backs. 
there's male, there's female, there's dynamics that you don't even know about. Females have different thoughts and things than we do. We have a different mind, we work differently, but we all have the same exact mirror work. So if someone's not liking me for some reason, I'm wondering what it is about me. So that's where I start, right? So with this dynamic, in this drama-filled dynamic, I start with me. So, all right, so uh, what am I projecting to you that's coming back to me? What is going on? Did I judge you some way? Like, let's say I'm at the gym and I'm, I'm working out and I look over and this girl's wearing something that she shouldn't be wearing, right? <laughs> First thing pops in my head is, why is she wearing that? Then I think, why am I thinking this? Why did that bother me? Am I jealous because she looks good? Am I not jealous? Am I thinking, why can't I look that? You know what I'm saying? That's when I, so I step back and think of my thoughts first. Why is there drama in this, in this group? Why is it, let's just say it's me and Derek and we're butting heads. I would go, all right, what's going on? What did, why is there drama here? And what is, what did I just, what did I do to create this drama? Because no matter what, one of us is here. And like I said before, it all starts with me. I can't change the world unless I change myself first. So cool. we can nip everything in the bud. You know how you nip it in the bud? You. You start with you, Derek, he, he, it's him, it's you. And like, you know how people go, it's not you, it's me. It's true. <laughs> no, it's true. It's not you. It is me. We're, we're causing each other to, whatever I put out into the universe, I get back. <laughs> right? So if I'm putting out a little bit of tension, guess what I'm going to get back? A lot of tension. It's just going to happen. They say drama doesn't exist. It's creative. Uh, a very wise man said that. <laughs> DCW. Make sure you quote him. Nice. <laughs> All right. DCW. There it is. <laughs> All right, James, you're up. Yeah. So, guys, um, uh, I, I don't want to leave the interview without giving you a chance to, uh, uh, if you have a story or uh, something you think that would contribute. Um, then we can wrap up. Um, that would be something in regards to reliability or human error and what you do as magicians. Um, one of the things that I really uh, appreciate, I don't even know where the motivation is coming from, but when I saw um, Derek and a, a former partner of his uh, practicing all the time for um and, and you have to forgive me because i forgot the name of the trick but it's the one with the the big box one of the metamorphosis trick right um the amount of time you guys spent into making sure that looked perfect it, i don't even know where that motivation comes from for that uh i just think it's awesome that you do all of this training and practice time before uh you get in front of people and the amount of hours you and Randy Lynn put into um, uh, doing her work is insane. Um, so where does that drive come from? Or it's just the curiosity uh, and knowing that later on, we're going to blow people's minds. Is that the... Uh... I can spin this around on you, Jim. It's the same reason um, you love the casino car trick. I believe, uh, why do you do that trick to people? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I, uh, uh, it's so great, right? Watching people react and being like, I have no idea what you just did. Yeah, how you did Bingo. it. 
you you bring you bring joy to people like i can take it i mean just just walking down the street with a deck of cards in my finger spinning it yeah and then when you fit it and they're like wait did you just spin a deck of cards in your finger and i'm like this stupid physical action right. created joy in somebody i mean when we you know what the best we, we have more fun than anything in the world you know what we love doing i love waiting in line oh yeah we waiting in line <laughs> if you wait in line next to us yeah. It's better than what you're going in for 90% of the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could attest to that. And uh, <laughs> at the MGM in Vegas, or, or oh, my God, that was so much fun with the random people walking by and you guys just, they, they don't, when they don't expect it, it it's really fun. Uh, even when they do expect to be amazed, it's fun. But when you're not expecting to be amazed, it, it's even better. So uh, we'll, we'll do it for free in line to get paid for it. That's a bonus. Right, right. (laughs) Well, the stuff that we do free in line or the stuff that we do for free is definitely different than our show. Sure. Like, we don't put... We do it for us. Yeah, we don't put stuff... Like, the stuff that I'm doing... Like, I may have just pulled this new thing out of the the package, and I'm like, I know how to do this. Let's do it for people. Like that. It's not the thing that's in my show, but it does give people... I love reactions. Like you said, react, react. How do people react? That's our motivation. The, The motivation... Because, like I said, there's the effect, and then there's the secret. I see the secret. I can see this thing. When the look on their faces of them not seeing the thing, it's crazy. The look on their faces. I love, people are like, magicians all the time are always asking for applause. Wasn't that good? Didn't you like it? Show me some applause. I love silence. I, I love spontaneous applause without, love, being, without asking for no, it. No, I love silence more than anything. Silence means I got them. Yeah, yeah. Silence is like, okay, the first yeah. time I ever escaped a straitjacket, and after I was at a comedy club, I, well, I didn't first time, but I escaped the straitjacket, and then the, 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 the blow-off was pulling a live rabbit out of the straitjacket I just yeah. escaped. I, I've Dead seen the silence. bowling ball. I've seen the bowling ball, no. not the rabbit, yeah. Dead silence in the room, except for 250 people all breathed in at the same time. Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> when, when 250 people do that at the same time, it's, it's, it's better than any feeling I've ever, ever, ever experienced. Best thing about that is that it's not really a blow-off. It's an end to it. He has cards with all different animals on them. Right. He throws yeah. the cards in the sleeve, yeah. right? Yeah. And then, and then he goes, I'm going to grab the card you picked. And it's the, not the card. It's the rabbit. Right, it's right. Amazing. <laughs> I, I, I like to, um, so there's so much detail in the planning and the effects where, so same kind of trick. Uh, he escapes the, uh, the straight jacket. And then he, as he's taking a bow or whatever, or, or he's pulling something out, this one was the bowling ball. And but it wasn't just a bowling ball. He drops it on the stage to make sure you know this thing is a bowling ball. Like it's mm-hmm. a resounding, no bounce kind of boom, you know? Uh, and he's like, so you're like, all right, what did I just see? You know? Uh, and, and, I, and, and then it's like, uh, how the heck did he produce a bowling ball out of that? So um, that, that back kind pocket. of- I'm gonna spoil it. It was in my back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> you stay in no gym? Jim, it was yeah. right next to the bowling pin. Nice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I, had, I actually added that into it. 
You know, I knew that this was going to be good when, when James said, you know, there's a couple of magicians. These guys are great. They're really good. You're going to enjoy this. This whole conversation has been just awesome. I want to thank you guys for making the time, setting aside the time. And, of course, you know, the little uh, card tricks and things, you know, but the king of hearts, man, I'm still like, how did he do that, you know? So. <laughs> It was supposed to be the Jaguars. Yeah. And we got a I was so close. Do you need a cue card? Yeah. Hold on. There it is. There it is. Oh, my goodness. Well, thanks, guys. We Thank really you. appreciate it. We're going to be able to, you know, slice and dice this, I'm sure, to be able to turn it into something that we can put out into a product for other people to learn from. Yeah. And Excellent. the messages that you guys came across with were just like totally unexpected in in many cases, you know. So yeah, it was uh, awesome. And, and I do, I, I do want to note something since uh, we're getting into this. Um, I asked Derek and Christopher ahead of time if they want the questions that we're going to be asking. And never they got them. They were, they never got them. No, no, no. <laughs> you, you know, they were both like, no, we, we feel like uh, we want to just uh, be more authentic and answer right, right off the spot. And uh, uh, so none of this was pre-canned or thought out ahead of time. This is all uh, adaptable, uh, that requisite variety. Um, <laughs> uh, so I appreciate uh, your, your candor. Um, I myself, my personality would be, give me the questions ahead of time. I need to think about this stuff to say what I want to say. So um, I, I just want to say, I think that's pretty cool. And it probably the right way for a magician to answer that question. You know, do you want the questions ahead of time? I could see now, the more we talk about how you guys uh, are motivated, that uh, you prefer to uh, adapt. So uh, thank you guys for your time. And uh, Chris, while you're here, I hope we get to hang out. So uh, let's do it. All right. <laughs> All right. I thank you guys for having us. Uh, absolutely. All right. We'll uh, uh, talk to you guys, all of you, very soon. Dan, it was a pleasure right. meeting you. Yeah, pleasure meeting good you. to meet you, I love too. you. I love you all. Uh, we love you. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. Bye, guys. Have an amazing day, guys. You too. You too.